Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey guys, it's Johnny and welcome to episode 65 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here today with Len from New Hampshire. Welcome. How Thank you, doing? you. It's actually kind of funny to be on the podcast that I've listened to before, and now I'm here as a, as a guest. Yeah? Okay, so <laughs> tell me about that. Um, well, when I first started getting interested in dropshipping, and I found Dropship Lifestyle, and your name was popping up, and I found Travel Like a Boss, and uh-huh. there's some episodes in there that I, I listened to that were primarily the ones that were specifically related to dropshipping. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's kind of funny to actually be on the show now. <laughs> and when you were listening to this, were you still working as an airline pilot? No, I was not. I was uh, actually had already left, quit my job, and was doing some traveling, and was just learning about drop shipping. And uh, so no, this is only about six months ago. Okay. That I started. So tell me, kind of like briefly about your journey, because because so the first time I talked to you was online on Anton's forums, mm-hmm. where you had a thread, a progress thread called. Um, what was it? Airline captain to drop shipper. <laughs> okay, so tell me about that. <laughs> All right, so a brief background. I won't make it too long, but um, when I was a kid, I always wanted to go into space, mm-hmm. and that materialized in a way that when I had my first small airplane ride, um, I was like, okay, that's I'm hooked. That's that's close enough. So I went to college for aviation. I wanted to be an airline pilot. I wanted to fly a jet. I wanted to be an airline captain. Um, At the end of the day, I did all that, and I worked for the airlines for eight years, and just before I quit, I had been a captain for almost two years, flying uh, jets domestically in the United States. Um, But kind of going back to college, it was something that I wanted to do, but I knew that I didn't want to, I knew I didn't want to do that occupation for, for my, you know, for nearly 40, 45 years till I retired. But why is that? I mean, are... I mean, they get do they get paid pretty well, or is it is it it's, stress? Or? Um, there's starting out. There's low pay, and the lifestyle is stressful. Mm-hmm. As you evolve, uh, things do get better. But I've uh, so I don't know if it's you know ADD, but if you could if you if you look at life and the opportunities that you want to pursue mm-hmm. when you're focused in say for instance, if I was going to do that nine to, uh, that airline job, it wouldn't afford me necessarily the time and freedom to do other pursuits in my life so I was like you know what I'm gonna do this I'm gonna achieve this goal okay and really the goal was um, on top of becoming an airline captain was to pay off my college debt okay I mean you say captain so you were the pilot I'm the dude of, man okay. I'm in the left I'm making the decisions I'm yeah okay. I'm, I'm the guy and this is for what airline was it um, it was for uh, United Express okay. in the United States. Uh, so it was domestic only. Okay. And so where, like, where would you fly? Um, all over the United States, southern Canada from, say, Winnipeg all the way up to Halifax okay. and then all over Mexico. So, <laughs> like so it's you, like North America. Yeah, I was, like, I was going to say, I like how you say um, <laughs> just in the States, domestic only, a little bit of Canada, a well, little bit yeah. of Mexico. <laughs> That's because it's it's not technically qualified as international if you don't you know if we don't go across an ocean but okay. uh, North American stuff okay uh, solely so, in North America so I would imagine to most people listening you know being the pilot of a of a United Airlines flight is you know is the dream job is, is everything coming true so why the heck would you quit that mm. to 
you know, pursue a Joshua sure. star. And for a lot of people it is, and like I said, for me it also was, but I knew that once I achieved that goal that there were always going to be new goals. And in fact, you're familiar with this, planning goals, there is something next. There's the next achievement. During my first couple of years as an airline pilot, I call it the blessing and the curse, and that was reading the four-hour work week, Mm -hmm. which so many people have done. And they know, you know, it it just, it it opened your mind. And after that, I started reading a bunch more books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. And so my time at the airlines ended up like essentially giving myself an MBA in finance and edu- uh, educating myself about online business and that kind of stuff. Just reading all ridiculous amount of books. Were you reading this while piloting the plane? No, but <laughs> I was reading them at like the hotel okay. between you know between flights and stuff um, and whatnot. So like it's it inspired me. It's like you know what it, it it what it did was it gave me the goal for the next thing, which was after the airlines, and that was. To find something, um, it's, it's not necessarily that I want to sit on a beach with a laptop, okay. but what I wanted was the freedom and the finances to travel long term. Um, and, and so I uh, dabbled with a few things online. I did some niche blogging and some niche podcasting, mm-hmm. worked with some people with their Google advertising and did some, uh, made some video commercials for some local, uh, local uh, commerce retail stores in, in my state. Um, and nothing ter- was like terribly exciting. I was like just kind of doing something for somebody else. But I, you know, I enjoyed the pursuit and what I learned from it. Uh, and then we, I, I did quit the job, the airlines. And on April 15th of last year, which is 2014, we left the United States, mm-hmm. quit the job, sold the, the cars, gave away everything, put up, you know, a bunch of money in the bank account. Loaded up the backpack and said, see you later, and off we went into the world. Uh, and the first goal, it's kind of funny because Larissa just worked on her uh, teaching English guide. Yep. Um, that was something that we thought we would do. Mm-hmm. So we were in Bali last year, uh, Indonesia, and we were taking this class online to do the TEFL, the, the teaching certification. I just wasn't enjoying it. And I gave it a couple of weeks, and it was just making me really unhappy, and I realized, okay... So I thought this would be one way I would make a little bit of income and, and sustain my living life on the road. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? I just got to go back to my roots, my core desires, and, and let my entrepreneurial spirit out of the box. And, you know, I had, um, when we were hiking, I had read another book that's a com- sort of, com- I call it complimentary to the four-hour work week, a book called Never Work Again okay. by, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I think it's Erlen ba- Backey or something like that. Okay. Um, and in there, he talks about he had a couple of different models of online um, online businesses and some blueprints. One of them happened to be drop shipping. Okay. And the term drop shipping just kind of kept reappearing over a course of a couple of weeks. I was like, all right, I got to check this out. Mm-hmm. So I did the research. Eventually, long story short, ended up you know uh, signing up for course. yeah for drop okay. ship lifestyle, and um, you know just haven't looked back from there. I like it. <laughs> All right. Very cool. And so what made you come out to Chiang Mai? As part of the English teaching gig that I uh, I gave up, my girlfriend did finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, she found a job not far from Chiang Mai, about uh, 25 kilometers south of Chiang Mai. Okay. Uh, so she was volunteering at a, um, at a school down there, teaching mm-hmm. English Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. And so I used that as my opportunity to be here in Chiang Mai, living cheap, mm-hmm. And, you know, 
putting that, putting FaceTime in, putting the hours into the store. And um, we've talked about it offline. I know I mentioned it. I actually put it in the forums today. But we arrived in Chiang Mai on November 1st, 2014. Mm -hmm. And my goal was I'm in Chiang Mai. I'm there for like four to six months. I don't know when we're leaving, but I'm here. There's a lot of DSL guys here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to build this first website. I'm going to make this first sale. And (laughs) it's ironic Uh because... You and I are recording this on February 25th. Tomorrow, February 26th, I leave Thailand. Yep. And I, so I'm like, are you serious? Down to the last wire? <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's... So there's a quote out there saying that people will always do things in the amount of time they're given. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what amount of time that is. So if you gave yourself until February 26th, <laughs> and you're going to take that entire time to make that first sale. <laughs> and that's why I, sh- I set shorter goals. <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to take me that long. I'd, there's a few things I got carried away with in, okay. the, in the store. And then there's a few things that I said, okay, this is important. And at the same time, there were items. We were talking yesterday. I, I did spend a lot of time on this first store. There's some things I let myself get carried away with because I was still learning new things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, your, uh, your statement yesterday, it's like, it's like I put it, I put it a, a front and center on my computer, minimum viable product. Mm-hmm. And I have to be reminded of that. Because I'll be honest, at some, uh, at one point, I just like tweaked a whole lot of stuff. It wasn't stuff that shouldn't be done. Like for instance, Brendan's uh, speech from the retreat, mm-hmm. where you want to add like buy and online and different things. Well, instead of having, I had already had like a hundred products uploaded. I'm like, I'm not editing a hundred products. Screw that. Yeah. So I went in and I hacked my theme and instead, you know, put something in there so that it would populate everything automatically. So those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I let myself get away with to tweak, honestly, to save me time because I don't want to edit 100 products. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it has taken me a lot longer than I, than I wanted to do. So in, in <laughs> retrospect, actually, well, so just catch everyone up. So what did we do yesterday and what changed? Okay, so yesterday Johnny and I met here in person in Chiang Mai. I had my Google advertising and my ad, uh, Amazon advertising had been live and running for about seven or eight days uh my traffic went from like four visitors a day to literally one day it had like 170 visitors the next day so i had a surge in traffic i had roughly 680 um visitors in a seven day period and not one single conversion so i'm looking at that going okay this is not a traffic issue Mm -hmm. there's got to be something else going on um so, and one of my concerns behind that was the fact that uh, while I'm sure like penny clicks and 10 cent clicks and cheap clicks exist, my stuff was costing me almost a dollar a click. Wow, okay. You know, so for each visitor that I got mm-hmm. was costing me a, a, a sizable fortune. You a know? pretty penny. Yeah, I've, I've spent like $300 in AdWords in the last week. Okay. Um, I've since refined some stuff and found ways to, you know, this is one thing, a quick segue. Remember that when we do these websites, it's just a test. We're testing. We're not assured of anything. You're going to spend money on advertising. It's going to, it might not work out. But what we're doing is collecting data Mm -hmm. to analyze, to refine. So I was like, screw it. $300, fine. If that's what it takes to see my user's behavior and and figure out what's wrong, then then we'll do that. And I'm glad I did because when we met yesterday Mm -hmm. and you looked at the website and you looked at the traffic, you said the same thing. There's no reason you shouldn't have made any sales here based on your traffic. Mm-hmm. So you looked at the website, and it wasn't, um, I wouldn't say there's anything major. It was mm-hmm. kind of simple tweaks uh, to, that needed to be changed. But 
Um, I think I got about three quarters of them done. Okay. So what do you think that were the top three um, things that you changed? <laughs> the top three things was definitely changing the logo. Okay. Uh, and adding some features to the logo that you told me. Yeah. So um, I basically just told Len, I was like, your logo looks nice, but it needs something else on it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it needs... Uh, so Anton in the course, he talks about making it your store actually look like an e-commerce store. Right. So when people are there, they know, hey... If you're here, buy something. So, you know, I had Len incorporate um, some of the call to actions in the logo, mm-hmm. uh, some icons, uh, like even as simple as like the, the Visa MasterCard logos mm-hmm. in, um, in the header. So right where people go, they know, okay, you know, this is a place that accepts credit card. They are a store. They're not just here to give me information. You know, we're not just here to waste time. We're here to buy something. Mm-hmm. Um, also, how do you put the phone number in the header? Right. Just to make it really easy. So no matter where someone is on your site, if they, they know if they need to, they can call you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm almost willing to bet that even though you put the, the phone number in the header, people still didn't call. They just knew that right. they could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, the, the one order I had was, um, you know, was online. There was no phone support involved. Now, I had the phone number like in the mm-hmm. top navigation bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had no call to action. Mm-hmm. So what I did yesterday after meeting with you is I, I added to my logo. I took the text from the hello bar, which you suggested, uh, and I put that also in there. So it says free shipping ends Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I actually went through a few iterations of this. I was like, I had call today in the phone number. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, let's put call now in the phone number. And I'm like, Oh, hell, I don't want a phone call. I want you to just order online. I don't want to, like, not that I don't want to talk to you, but if you're just going to order, order without me. So then I changed it to order now, okay. which is like brilliant, you know, it tells me about the shipping, tells me order now. And then there's a phone number because I felt like, you know, call today or call now. And then the phone number was persuading somebody to actually have to make that phone call. Mm-hmm. I was like, we're there to help, but I don't want to be there. I don't want to be that the, the dependent on answering the phone to get that sale. So so right now that you're just starting out making sales, who's actually taking your calls? Are you just having them go to voicemail? They're going, yes. They're going to voicemail at this point. And I mean, I've had no calls, so okay. clearly it's not been a problem. Um, so right now they would just go to voicemail and then I would return it during U.S. business hours because obviously I'm here in Thailand. One benefit is we're going to New Zealand uh, tomorrow and they're another six hours, so like uh, 18 hours ahead of the U.S., so when I wake up for breakfast in New Zealand, it'll be right around lunchtime in the United States. Okay, that's perfect. And so actually, yeah, I'm almost like, it works better to be in New Zealand to do a little bit of this e-commerce. I think the only good thing about being in Thailand is it forces me not to take my own calls mm-hmm. uh, because the time zone difference is so crazy that mm-hmm. I can basically stay up late and make one call before I go to bed yeah. and I can wake up super early and make one call uh, when I wake up. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, I, I have to outsource it. Mm-hmm. And that's good because it doesn't, so it makes me not tempted to, to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I'm, um, I'm fully on board with automation and mm-hmm. outsourcing. And the thing that I agree with starting a, a new website or a new business of any kind, everybody, I don't know, maybe not everybody, plenty of people say you have to experience the work before you can teach somebody how to do it. And so, that's kind of where I'm at with the answering the phone calls and the emails. Um, and as I mentioned, up until the order today, I haven't had any inquiries, especially since the ads have only been running for a week now. So, so why would that have the ads only been running for a week? Um, so here's what happened. When I 
I want to say about three weeks ago, mm-hmm. I actually started the paid ads. And at the point at that point, I had forty products that were live on the website, and I had another sixty to eighty that were hidden okay. because we was playing email tag with one of my suppliers who was on the road a lot, actually going to my uh, niche, um, like their uh, their industry group events, you know, like uh, CES, which is not my niche, but you know, going to Las Vegas for consumer okay. electronics yes. show. So he's been like on the road almost since Thanksgiving until now, every week having to go to a different event. So we've been, you know, playing email tag and I had those hidden. So when I had the live, the, the, the ads go on with 40, uh, 40 products, I felt it wasn't enough. Okay. And I asked Anton about it and he's like, yeah, you need to add more products like uh-huh. immediately. I'm like, Argh. I know, but at the same time, I don't just want to let the, the ad, the ad spend, uh, you know, go through the roof while I'm waiting to to process through all this so I paused them when I paused the ad something happened uh, at Google headquarters and they started calling me and emailing me and they're like why'd you turn your ads off what are you doing what's going on what's wrong how can we help you and I was like oh well I'll tell you how you can help me I don't know what the hell I'm doing (laughs) so well you know one thing that a lot of people don't realize is how uh, how supportive Google customer services mm-hmm. when you're paying them for ads. Oh, absolutely. You it's know? their incentive to help you. <laughs> I think if you wanted to call them for any other reason, there's no phone number. No. But <laughs> if you're paying them for, for advertising, mm-hmm. especially for an e-commerce store, uh, they will bend over backwards to help you. It's true. You. It's true. And, you know, so so a lot of people are afraid. They're like, um, you know, they're like, I'm not savvy. I've never set up ads before. You know, if you're willing to, to spend, you know, stay on the phone with someone from Google for an hour, they're mm-hmm. willing to stay on the phone with you. So... I think you know for beginners that's that's kind of a, a nice thing to know. Yeah. Um, but I would say so. My so when I looked at your your site yesterday and I looked at your traffic and aside from the small conversion tree like tweaks the optimization tweaks, right away I knew I was like the reason why it took you this long to make a sale is because you put in too much effort mm-hmm. in the twenty percent of things that. Maybe, you know, they, it's not that they don't matter, but they matter in the long run or they mm. matter in the kind of the big picture uh, versus if you spent your time in just the minimum viable product, the mm-hmm. 80% that really, really matters, I knew that you would have had a sale by then. Mm-hmm. So I think in retrospect, what I would have suggested you have done is when you had just those 40 products, I would have said, you know what? I have 40 products, you know, as long as these are things that people are buying somewhere online, why not buy some of those from me? Yeah. You know, I might not get... Uh, one sale a day, but I might get. I'll you know. There's no reason why I can't get a sale a week, mm-hmm. uh, even though I only have 40, 40 products. Sure. Uh, so I would have focused on that. And the other reason why I like having less products in the beginning is then you can really keep an eye on it. You mm-hmm. can be like, okay, so out of these forty, why you know when people are visiting and why aren't people buying? Versus now, how many products do you have live? Uh, like one hundred ninety. And that makes it really hard to. To look through and have you know and have your eyes on all of them. Uh, so what I actually do for all my stores is I manually add my products mm-hmm. and I do do them one by one. And every product that I add, uh, assuming that it's something that you know people buy somewhere, and you know it's sometimes it's kind of hard to tell. You, sometimes you can actually just ask your supplier. You can say, "Oh, how well do these sell?" Mm-hmm. And just pause and just let them answer it. <laughs> you know, they they'll be honest with you. You know, sometimes they're like, "Oh yeah, these don't really sell very well." You know, maybe once a month. Don't even add that product, or if do, if you do, you know, put it on the back burner. Mm-hmm. 
uh, feel free to ask your supplier, say like, you know, what items are you selling the most of? How many do you sell per week? Mm-hmm. And they'll tell you. And if there's an item that they're like, yeah, we sell, you know, 10 of these a day, very easily, you know, one of those sales can be, can be yeah. you know, from you, you, you know, if not three or four. Uh, we're never gonna, you know, we're never gonna destroy Amazon. You know, they're just too big. Um, big sites like, you know, Overstock or Wayfair. You know, they're big and established. They have their big customers bases, um, but they don't have a hundred percent of the market. You mm-hmm. know, even if they have seventy or eighty percent of the market, there's still enough sales that that can come to us. Mm-hmm. So I, what I would have done is I would have focused on just the core forty products and say, you know. How can I start selling these instead of waiting until you had, you know, a hundred products? Even though that is the end goal. Mm-hmm. So for anyone listening to this and and you know just starting out your stores, I highly suggest that you know I would say anything less than maybe thirty or forty, then it's kind of hard. Yeah. You know, then you're like, well, there's not you know maybe there's not even a product under these thirty that people are buying uh, once a week or you know or um, or every day. But if you have at least 30 or 40 products, it's it's pretty likely that these are selling somewhere every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why not at least one from you? Uh, so the, I would say, yeah, definitely that, that would have been my suggestion. Well, the one thing, um, the, one of the reasons I am happy that it did take me the extra week was the fact that speaking with Google, we did a few things um, that maybe I mean they're not advanced as far as uh, as far as a skill is involved, but just beyond the PLA, they asked me, "Do you want to have stuff in the display network, and do you want to do remarketing?" And I said, "Okay." Um, I knew what display network was, but I wanted to learn a little bit more about remarketing, and that's uh, to be in, uh, to be honest, that was like those two little additions to the Google stuff were a huge addition to my traffic. So. Okay. So I might have been yeah. behind like two weeks about what I normally would have done, mm-hmm. um, but it made a huge difference in the traffic for sure. So let's talk about what exactly is Display Network mm-hmm. and then what is um, retargeting. Sure. So uh, <clears throat> a lot of people go to websites, go to blogs, they see an advertisement. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's called, uh, if you're the blog owner, that's called Google AdSense. You okay. can place code on your website that displays relevant ads to your website viewers. And if they click on that ad, you, the website owner, get uh, essentially a commission for referring that person through that ad. The other side of it is Google AdSense. As the advertiser, you can choose that your advertisement be included on another person's AdSense. That's the display network. So the display network puts your advertisement in somebody else's AdSense uh, block on their website. And of course it's targeted, uh, you know, for the keywords and stuff, you're not gonna show um, bottled water on, you know, uh, diaper website or something like that. And then uh, remarketing essentially, and I'm new to remarketing, you know a little bit more, but the, okay. the breakdown is it's a cookie. Somebody clicks on your ad, a cookie goes in their browser. If they don't buy or they don't convert or they don't have a certain uh, behavior recorded by Google, uh, when they open their browser tomorrow and they go to another website, that cookie will say, hey, uh, Johnny's blog has a uh, advertisement on it. Let's, let's put Len's advertisement in there because he hasn't, they haven't converted yet. So basic, that's a you know, basic description. So uh, I don't use display ads. Uh, 
I do believe that it is another channel and I think for certain products it might do very very well mm-hmm. so I think it's something that I think people should definitely test um, but the reason why I suggest that when people start just do the bare minimum possible and I always tell people just use Google product listing ads so the mm-hmm. POAs in the beginning is the chances of your, from your first sale you, it's pro, 90% it's going to come from a Google ad mm-hmm. uh, later on you don't want to be 100% reliant on just one stream of you know of traffic uh, so now I have you know Amazon ads I have retargeting I have um, you know I have sources from everywhere I have organic traffic I have mm-hmm. Bing traffic I have you know uh, st- all these different sources but in the beginning you know and yeah even for Larissa's new store we said you know what let's just focus on what I know works what's gonna you know have the biggest chance of making that first sale mm-hmm. uh, and let's let's go for that first uh, so even till this day I don't use display networks just because I haven't even um, got you know gotten around testing it mm-hmm. so I do think it's, it's viable but uh, that you know it's it's definitely not something I would recommend people spending time on in the beginning yeah it's probably unnecessary and mm-hmm. and the data I've collected we'll see you know probably over the first month but um, Interestingly enough, I am getting a lot more traffic from Display Network mm-hmm. than PLAs. Uh, and I, at first, it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. And over a course of seven days, it's sort of reversed. So I still have to okay. sell some data to sort through. But um, And definitely keep an eye on that and make sure you set up the conversion tracking. Mm-hmm. So then you let it run for a month and then see, you know, is uh, if it makes financial sense, you know, where you want to spend your advertising right. dollars. Right. Uh, so as far as retargeting, I do use uh, retargeting from my main store. Uh, I use something called Perfect Audience, mm-hmm. which is basically a company that uh, sets up your retargeting ads uh, for you, uh, just so because so you don't have to spend the time to do it yourself. Um, so what retargeting is, in a nutshell, is basically if you come to one of my e-commerce stores to look at to look at a product. So let's say this uh, Blue Yeti microphone that we're using. The next time you go on Facebook, you're going to see an ad pop up either in your sidebar or even newsfeed saying, would you like free shipping on a Blue mm-hmm. Yeti microphone? You know, uh, Click here. And that, that'll bring you back to my site. And the reason why I use it is just to gently remind customers who have already been to my site uh, that there's free shipping on this microphone you know, this week or it expires on uh, you know, whatever day. And that works pretty well. Um, you know, my, I always make more money back... Um, do sales than I do on the retargeting ads. But the other reason why um, I don't focus on the right, right away is until you're getting about... So I think with Perfect Audience, they actually force it. So you need to have, I think it's a thousand visitors before they will even let you sign up for an account mm-hmm. because they know they have to spend time to set up your, your feed and, and it's not worth their time uh, if you're not getting enough visitors. Uh, because you're not gonna be because they they charge such a small amount that it's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. So on the flip side, uh, I also don't recommend uh, you know people who are just starting out with their stores to spend time setting retargeting because if it's not worth someone else's time that you're paying, it's definitely not worth your own time either. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Larissa's store, we still actually don't have retargeting set up. You know, even though now it's been up and running for almost two months mm-hmm. and we're making sales, mm-hmm. but you actually just reminded me. I do need to set it up. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so I, I do think these are great things, but you know, just kind of getting back to the 80-20 rule, where, you know, just focus on the things that will make you money right away. Right away, yeah. And Google did all that stuff for me, mm-hmm. so all I had to do was log in one night and you know, click the 
take it off the pause and mm-hmm. essentially make it make it live. So I didn't, I didn't spend any much any of uh, my own effort on that. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how the data plays out as to whether or not what's worth it. But um, I'd be curious later on to see what your uh, what your success has been with Bing because um, they seem to be a highly underutilized uh, resource for advertising. And as far as I can tell. Uh, I don't know about significantly cheaper, but less, way less than Google. Yeah, they're definitely cheaper. Um, you'll get less overall clicks and sales mm-hmm. through Bing just because not that many people use it. But the people that do use Bing are usually not super web savvy. So they are, you know, I would say they're kind of usually easier customers, <laughs> if, if, that's, if that makes any <laughs> sense. You know, they're not the ones that will go out and read thousands of reviews and, you know, compare prices on, you know, a million, you know, a million places. They'll just kind of look for the product they mm-hmm. want and then they'll just buy it. Um, the reason why it took me so long to set up Bing is just because it's not an easy process. It's kind of just a pain in the butt. Um, so it, it is one of those things that you suggest everyone does set up, but just go Google first. Cause I mean, yeah, that's enough. I mean, I, so I don't, so where did your first sale come from? I'm almost willing to bet it came from Google. Ad. Uh, you know, I would have to look while we talk and double check. I don't, I lived, looked at the order, but I don't have okay. off the top of my so, mind where it did come from. This is going to be an on-air On-air confessions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With Johnny Because <laughs> the thing is, so even, like a lot of times I'll get, um, huh. I'll get a sale from an unknown source. And I always just like, if, if it, unless it's a very clear source where I know it came from, you know, uh, a Facebook, you know, Facebook ad or it came from someone's email uh, a lot of times I'll just assume I'm like you know I bet you they saw it through some kind of Google ad they went to a different computer they typed it in or they emailed it themselves or you know something like that mm-hmm. um, especially in the beginning yeah that's unfortunate the mobile app for Shopify is only giving me the order info but not where it came from so I'm, I'm gonna pull mine up as well and then I'm gonna see if I if I can locate it somewhere to be to be determined so uh, tell me about about waking up to okay. your first sale. So we left yesterday uh, after talking about the optimizations, and I went home. Uh, gosh, I don't know, from about two p.m. until midnight, and just pounded out what I could pound out in the course of ten hours. And I, 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 I uh, organized it from what I felt was most important to least important. Um, specifically, the logo was the most important. Some of the call to actions was the most important. So midnight, I closed the lid of the laptop and I crawled into bed and I was like, all right, I feel pretty good about this. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to open my email. I'm going to have that first sale. And, you know, the, <laughs> the dream will have been fulfilled. So 7.30 this morning, I wake up. I get out of bed. I go and grab my iPhone and I check my email. No sales. No orders. Eh, whatever, you know. Life's not perfect. <laughs> so I... Uh, I make myself a cup of coffee, I sit down in front of the laptop, and I start logging into Shopify so that I could look through, uh, you know, the, the, um, the Lucky Orange, I use Lucky Orange right now for heat maps and screen recordings, and so, not unlike Larissa, you know, I've been looking at my screen recordings on a daily basis to see what's been happening with the, you know, especially when I didn't have any conversions, so I'm sitting there in front of the laptop looking at Lucky Orange recordings, and my phone goes bring, you know, and I've got this <laughs> alert and I look and it says, you have a sale. And I look at it and I'm like, I didn't believe it at first. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at it going, yeah, yeah, wait, wait, 
I have a sale. Okay, okay. So I put my phone down and I went to Shopify and I clicked on the order tab and I was like, holy crap, I really have a sale. So <laughs> I take my iPhone and I run into the bedroom and I like, my girlfriend's asleep. I was like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and I got my phone in my hand and I'm shaking it. And she's like, what, what? I was like, I did it. <laughs> I made a sale. <laughs> So, you know, it's funny because I mentioned I wanted to come here. I wanted to build my first site. I wanted to make a sale before I left Chiang Mai. I talked about that. I'm leaving Chiang Mai tomorrow. But I'm sitting in front of the computer when it happened. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you win. But this is cool. It was, I'm still like all morning. I'm like, I can focus on anything. I was so excited. <laughs> really cool I can't believe you woke up your girlfriend to tell her <laughs> heck yeah she's like that's awesome and then she went back to sleep <laughs> and then she woke up later and she's like whoa yeah I she's like let's go out let's go to breakfast and celebrate I was like that's nice. hell yeah let's do that I think that's really cool especially because I think it's really nice that you, your girlfriend understands how much it means to you mm -hmm. You know, I would say a lot of people, you know, their friends or partners in life, they don't quite grasp the concept. Mm -hmm. uh, I think so. When we were in South Africa uh, visiting Lewis's uh, family over the holidays, uh, we we got the first sale while we we're at her. I think we we're at her auntie's house. We we're, we're staying there in Cape Town, and she was so excited. She's jumping down. <laughs> she grabbed her dad, and you know, she like basically just wanted to like shake her dad, and be like, "Dad, I, I made my first sale," and. He knows, obviously, congratulated her, but I don't think he knew what what it actually <laughs> meant. You know, I think he was just like, "Oh, that that's nice," you know. And mm -hmm. it wasn't until it was consistent, and then I think she had talked to him like a, a few weeks or months later, and she said, "She's like, yeah, my um, she's like, I made enough this month to cover my old teaching salary." And I think that's when it really hit him, and he was like. Well, you know, like, you know, really, it's, you know, it's, it's enough to actually cover what you used to make mm -hmm. working full time. Mm -hmm. And I, so I think for everyone, it's, it's nice to have <clears throat> someone in your life that understands it, yeah. but not everyone will mm -hmm. understand it. No, uh, that's, that's one thing I, I praise her. She's always been my cheerleader. Um, she, uh, she understands it. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if she's interested enough to do it herself. Mm -hmm. um, some days she is, some days she's not. She obviously sees how much time... I put into it and I think maybe that's a little scary. I don't say scary, but a little off-putting like, man, he's busting his ass, you know, do I really want to do that? But uh -huh. it's not unlike anything else. You have to put the hours in to build something to then let it start to grow by itself. So, you know, it's that whole sweat equity <laughs> yeah. thing. And I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> I think it's, well, what, what's kind of funny is, so when Larissa used to work full-time, she would only see me after work. So she never actually saw me, you know, while I was at Pun Space. Mm -hmm. And now that she works there as well, and she was sitting next to me for, you know, the first couple of months, We've uh, we've stopped that now. We're at different tables now. <laughs> she one day she was like, I cannot believe how much freaking time you spend on Facebook and on the on the forums mm -hmm. and just watching YouTube videos. She's like, I thought she's like this whole time. I thought when you were at Pud Space, you were working. <laughs> and, you know, I think it is true. Where in the beginning, you know, you, you have to put in the sweat. I can yeah. you. you know, I worked. I think I put in you know, eight hour days the first two months, mm -hmm. and now I probably spend. The first hour, sometimes the first two hours of the day, working on my stores, and the rest of it just doing other things. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, for me, I enjoy doing other things. Um, you know, and I like 
you know, other streams of income as well. So I'm working on other businesses. A lot of times I'm just learning, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, more, I'm just keeping in touch with old friends, you know, planning a trip, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in her mind, she was, in the beginning, it was, it was, <laughs> it was very funny how, uh, what reality was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's, yeah, she's, she's been there always cheering me on, which has been really helpful. Uh, it's just, it's nice to, I mean, to be honest, I'm strong-headed and stubborn enough where if she didn't cheer me on, it wouldn't be, you know, really wouldn't affect me because I'm like, I'm clear-cut in this goal and this uh, dream of financial freedom and a lifestyle that I'm looking for that, you know, I'm happy that we're together and we travel and we spend time together. But even if you didn't support that and it didn't interest you, I would still do this. But it is definitely nice having somebody, you know, wave the pom-poms and scream with you and be like... Yeah, that's awesome. Let's celebrate and go to breakfast this morning. Yeah, he was like, I was like, and eh, yeah, screw it. Let's go. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Would why you... wait till tonight? Just let's go now. <laughs> What'd you have for breakfast? Uh, we we went to Smoothie Blues. I just had a blueberry muffin and a yeah, and a young coconut. <laughs> that's a pretty nice breakfast. I <laughs> like that. It's not bad. It's not bad. So, how much was the sale for? Uh, the sale was seven hundred and forty-seven dollars. Okay. Uh, wholesale is three seventy-five. Okay. Uh, shipping, I don't have a good, I don't have a firm answer, but I'll tell you this. The product only needs to go like an hour or two from New Jersey to New York City. Uh, it is a heavier item, uh, but I'd be surprised if shipping costs more than $100, to be truthful. Okay. So I'm betting... But but let's say it's $200 just in case. Yeah, it's still $150 profit. Okay. If it's it's $200 shipping, it's $150 profit. After credit card fees, shipping, and wholesale, yeah. So to a lot of people, they might be thinking, why are you so excited about making $150 (laughs) when I'm sure you used to make a lot more than that as an airline captain? Uh, Yeah, well, to be honest, that one sale is like your first sale. You've been there. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have been there. Uh, The the effect to me was like the winning lottery ticket, like the... The item, that, the, the, the pursuit that you've been working on for so long has finally materialized into something which, which is as simple as your first sale. But it's, it's the validation that what you're doing is not a bunch of BS mm-hmm. and that, yes, you can make this business work for you. Mm-hmm. And that one sale shows you that you're on a path uh, that's working for you and... It, it opens up the, the possibilities to what you do next. So it's like, when I was talking to a friend of mine earlier this morning, I said, you know, I'm focused on my first sale. After that, it's my second sale. After the second sale, it's one a week. Mm-hmm. After one a week, you know, it's two a week. And then it's one a day and then a two a day. And I have all this written out, good, you know, about Very my good. goals that I want to achieve. And then, you know, it's like, geez, once you get to one a day and then two a day, then, okay, I think I think right around the one a day or two a day I have okay like somewhere in between there it probably happened a little sooner start outsourcing mm-hmm. some of the email and the phone call uh, once you get that established then start a new store you know what I'm saying so like I have this whole plan of the roadmap that I that I'm comfortable with or that I wish to you know I wish to follow so I think it's very cool that you write down your goals. Uh, I did the same. I wrote down in a, just a journal mm-hmm. you know, that I, by July 11th, which is my birthday, uh, I think it was 2000, I guess 2013 was, you know, like I, I said, by that date, I wanted to make $1,000 a month through my joshing store. 
And at the time, I was that was to me that was gonna be a big goal because mm-hmm. living you know being able to live in Thailand, you know, and basically do whatever you want in Chiang Mai at least because Chiang Mai is the cheapest probably the cheapest place in Thailand to live. Thousand um, dollars a month is, is more than oh, enough. More than adequate. Yeah, I've and, been here living off of savings, and I haven't think with rent, food, everything, I haven't spent more than nine hundred a month. Yeah, and I go. live in a nicer place than mm-hmm. the average hundred and fifty dollars single room. So yeah. That's great. And then, and yeah, and I think when I hit that, I was like, that's nice. Let me, like, <laughs> let me hit the next goal. And so if you actually sat down and did the math, uh, if you make a sale a day, which is there's really no reason why you can't. Like right. Once the business is up and running, it doesn't t- really take you any more effort to make one sale a week or one sale a day. True. You know, as long as your traffic's there, you, you know, you've now optimized your site. Uh, I really would not be surprised if you started making it a sale a day pretty consistently mm-hmm. you know maybe the first couple of weeks a month it might be a little bit more sporadic but you know there's really no reason why you can't start making a sale a day within a month mm-hmm. uh, doing the math on that you know assuming that the shipping is going to be a, you know a, a lot because it's a heavy item and yeah. sometimes it's going to be shipped to california sometimes <coughs> it's going to be shipped to florida right 150 dollar profit uh per order in a month is four thousand five hundred mm-hmm which is probably the equivalent to someone making $60,000 a year in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's on one store. And mm-hmm. that's being able to be location independent, right. you know, be able to live somewhere super cheap like this. Um, you know, it's going to be a lot more expensive living in, when you're traveling through New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more. Uh, but, yes. you know, in general, I mean, that, like, pe- you know, that is... It's, it's a big accomplishment for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what you were saying about being able to scale it up and starting and, and have another store, mm-hmm. that's $9,000 a month, which is over 100K a year, mm-hmm. you know, which is the six-figure range that people want to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I have this uh, big, hairy, audacious goal. I, I know what I used to make as an airline pilot, an mm-hmm. airline captain, as a yearly salary. Mm-hmm. The goals I have written out talking about the one sale to a second sale to, you know, working my up to one a day is to eventually, um, by scaling this, is make my previous airline salary every month. Every month. Every month. That's yep. that's what I want. What What is the, the yearly salary? Uh, that yearly salary was 84000 So first I want to uh, gross 84000 in okay. profit a month and then I want to net Eighty-four thousand in profit a month. Okay, so you want eighty-four thousand in sales or in like in your pocket money? Uh, no, uh, yes. <laughs> in my pocket money. Yes, that's that's the you know if it if it's five websites or uh-huh. ten websites, but yeah, I want to have all streams of income that I'm doing to uh, to equate to my previous yearly income on a monthly basis. <laughs> I, I like that. That's a big goal. One million eight thousand dollars a year. That's what that comes out to be. You know what? I like it. <laughs> it's it's a, bit, it's a big man. goal, but you know what? Like, there's really no reason why. Like, here's the, here's the thing is, so let's say you were working your airline job and you said, I would like to make 12 times as much, you know, mm-hmm. next year. Your bo- and you asked your boss, say, hey, I want, I would like a, you know, 12,000% like <laughs> increase. He would look at you like, are you insane? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just not feasible it's not possible like why would he pay you 12 times as much i mean why would he pay you a year salary every month right to fly a plane mm-hmm. when other people are willing to do it for 
you know, for even less than what you're probably getting paid. Mm-hmm. But with online business, it's one of those weird things where time almost doesn't matter because you can scale things, you can outsource things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, this big goal that you have is going to involve more people than just you. It is. It is for sure. Um, and I have no problem with that. Even, uh, I don't know, you know, maybe it'll be three virtual assistants or five virtual assistants. But as you know, with your experience, once things are set up and polished and kind of refined and doing their sort of doing their own thing after, mm-hmm. you know, the initial uh, growing pains, there's not, I mean, honestly, like you said, what do you, how many hours a day do you spend? An hour? Maybe reviewing orders or emails and now you have a virtual assistant so once you know you dig the hole you plant the seed you water the hell out of it it starts to grow and then you're like i'm planting another tree you know so that's that's why i'm confident that this goal i don't know if it'll be it's definitely not going to be you know in one year but it could be two years it could be three years but it's it's not too far away you know i could easily be living off of this income in the next Maybe what two to four months mm-hmm. easily. I would say like a very realistic goal would would be you know within two or three months mm-hmm. you'll be able to live you know you, you'll be able to pay off uh, your monthly expenses. Mm-hmm. You'll be like I can still travel, I can still enjoy myself. Whatever money I'm making through this new online business, I don't have to dip into savings anymore. Right. I can I can pay for you know all my travels, mm-hmm. and then you know if, assuming that you're you know you keep working on the business, keep scaling up. There's no reason why in let's say three to six months, you can't not only pay off all your travels and your daily living, but you can also have a lot of money saved mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, from that point on, you know, scaling it to, to 12X, uh, that's going to take a lot of work. So you're going to have to be ready for that. I but am. it sounds like you're dedicated. <laughs> Dude, I'm ready. <laughs> I've been up till three o'clock in the morning calling suppliers, talking to Google. Last week, I'm on the phone with Google. And uh, I was like, all right, I, you know, it's 2.30 in the morning where I am. She's like, oh, sh- you, you better go to bed. I, was like, yeah, <laughs> I think we're done here. <laughs> uh, so do you think, I mean, at any point, did you ever, did you ever start doubting yourself or your niche or the method? Uh, myself, no. The course, no. The method, no. The niche has always been up and down for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when I first started and I followed what Anton instructed about, um, looking for competitors to mm. compile your, your your master list, right? I ended up at a lot of, uh, you know, the Hay Needle Wayfair and all that stuff. So I get all these suppliers. I'm talking like 60 or 80 suppliers. I was like, you know, jackpot. This, this like totally exceeds what you need. Mm-hmm. So I start going to find every supplier's uh, website and contact information. And I don't know. I, still to this day, I'm not sure what happened, but that... 60 or 80 ended up being 14 okay. that actually sold the product. What it took me a few weeks to realize is, for instance, if I, when I was on Hay, uh, Hay Needle or Wayfair, they still had the supplier name uh, under their brands category, mm-hmm. and I never noticed that it like had a little zero next to it. Oh, I see. So they no longer sold that product or that manufacturer, but they just didn't take down the brand. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, from, I think it was like 60 or 80, 
down to 14, I was like, oh, I'm so screwed. You know, mm-hmm. I, just, I got completely deflated. I wonder why they keep that on there. Um, I don't know. <laughs> do you think it's Do you think it's actually for like SEO purposes, where someone's searching you know, for it that? Could be. Yeah, someone's searching <clears throat> for that that brand and that product. It could be. It'll come. They'll go to the site, no longer be there, and they're like, "Well, I'm here. Let's see what alternatives there are." Right. Yeah. So, so that that parlays into making the phone calls, you know. So, we talk about Anton talks about you want about twenty suppliers. Mm-hmm. We start making phone calls. Well, I can't find twenty suppliers. I have 14. I start calling them. Um, the first night I'm at Pun Space making phone calls. This was like three o'clock in the morning. You know, I got uh, I got an approval over the phone. Like on one of my first couple of phone calls, mm-hmm. I ended up having about three suppliers starting out of the gate. Okay. Um, after about a week or so, and so I started adding the products. And because it's been so essentially because it's been so slow and it's been so difficult finding suppliers because of the uh, Perhaps the error that I made, not noticing that, you know, Wayfair doesn't sell this anymore, but it's just a link. Mm-hmm. Um, I did start to wonder, am I, what am I doing? Is this the wrong thing? And because I had niched down so far, I found things that were related. And you commented this on yesterday, and I, I took it and I accepted it. And at the same time, I said, I'm not going to worry about it. But you mentioned, you know, you have your core products and you have a few other things. The other things are related. Yeah. Uh, and they're all in the same family of items. But the, the way I went from 14 suppliers was to niche up uh-huh. uh, a notch and add a couple of things that were in that category of niche instead of just that, you know, blue water bottle. Well, I, I kind of went to water bottles, plastic water bottles, glass yeah. water bottles. That was honestly the only way I could get more suppliers. Um, once I did that, I was like, okay, it's looking more feasible. And in fact, the sale that I did uh-huh. get this morning wasn't even my core niche product. It okay. was one of my the secondary ones that I had added to to, to have more suppliers okay. and fit the, that criteria. So that's been my struggle. Like, you know, am I just wasting time with this? Uh, should I start another one? And I've gone back and forth just because of the struggles I've had with that. Anton said... You should be okay, um, and so I just kept. You know, I was like, "Screw it! I'm just uh, not wasting anything." I mean, mm-hmm. other than not to say my time's not precious, but yeah. I'm still learning something. I'm learning Shopify. I'm learning drop shipping. I'm learning all these things. If this site is a flop, when I start my next one tomorrow, what took two months is going to take two days. Yeah. So I don't care. You know, it's to me it was just it was an education. Learning experience. It was a free education. So. And I think because you have such big goals and you. You know, you have so much confidence in, in that you're gonna stick to it. I think for you personally, it wasn't a waste, and it was fine. Yeah. I think for other people who are like, you know what, I only have two or three months to give this a shot. If it doesn't work, you know, I'm gonna go back to working my mm-hmm. job. Or, you know, people that like they're you know that don't have as much confidence, you know, in in themselves or, or the business. I think for them, it's very very important for them to to just do what has the highest chance of yeah, success yeah. and saying you know what let me just, let me focus my efforts there um, let me get a sale <laughs> let me start mm-hmm. making some money and then I can be like then I can learn other things mm-hmm. you know and that's why I think the example I gave you yesterday was you know if you if you own a KFC focus on mm-hmm. the chicken first you right. know it doesn't mean that you can't add pizza later or you know salads or wraps later but focus on the chicken 
if you can do that well, then add stuff. Mm-hmm. But don't focus on all the other stuff first. Right. Yeah. I, um, I'm going to say something that's contradictory to some of the listeners, mm-hmm. and that is, uh, it, you know, Anton doesn't say this is get rich quick. There's yep. none of that stuff. We're building a business. Mm-hmm. You're building a real business, selling real products to real customers. What I'm finding, and because I'm guilty of this in my earlier days of like, oh, look, I can do this or I can do that. And not that it's get rich quick, but it's like the idea of making that money sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, everything I've ever done online just takes longer. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. It 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 is planting a seed and watering and letting it grow to a tree. Um... If that's not, I kind of feel like if that's not something that you have time to do, then maybe you should pursue a different, you know, something different. Um, but there's definitely, there's definitely money to be made in this business model. Um, and then, I guess another thing, you know, if people are distracted, I call it the, we used to call it in the airlines, because people would want to get a new job at another airline, fly a bigger airplane. We call it the shiny jet syndrome, right? Yep. <laughs> and the internet and the internet space has the same thing. It's the shiny product syndrome. Like Teespring's going to make me a bunch of money. A Google AdWords sense is going to make me a bunch of money. And the problem is, there's I don't know in uh, innumerable amounts of things that will make you money online, except you have to pick one and you have to focus and you have to friggin' do it. Yeah. Plain and simple, and, and and when you get distracted and you're trying to juggle a few things, I think that's where, that's where you know stuff goes south. So I was like, no, I am I'm all in with the with the drop shipping, and I'm not leaving until it works. And so, hence my four months of <laughs> my first website building. <laughs> so, if you were gonna start another store, how long do you think it would take you this time? Uh, to be honest, maybe a week. That's mid- it. Tops, okay. like uh, at least four. Um, you know, doing all of the, uh, the the IT stuff, domain, setting it up, configuring it, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I'd, uh, I don't think it would take that long at this point because now that I, especially, uh, that's the nice thing about when you do something online. Yeah. Once you have one, literally set up a second store, you screw it, use the same theme, use the same templates, just just you know, put one store in one screen and one store in another screen, and just duplicate the settings, so actually, and the colors, and screw it. Why do you got to do what? One thing that actually people uh, don't take advantage of enough is in Shopify you can export your thing, yeah, and just re-upload it onto another store. Exactly. You know, obviously you, you're still gonna have to go in and change the text and mm-hmm. everything, but yeah, I mean, like literally, you can you can do it that much faster now. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think was the, was the biggest uh, roadblocks, you know, from start to start to first sale? Um, that's a good question. Roadblocks were. Um, so I would say so for most people, it would either be uh, even just getting deciding to get started, picking a niche, calling suppliers, mm. or some kind of technical thing. You know, each each of them had their. I, I guess delays. Uh, I'm not special, and I didn't not hit roadblocks. But you know, I had done some niche uh, niche research actually last summer. Okay. Uh, and then uh, with part of our traveling, we were in Italy for two months, and there was just no time to watch the videos. And the yeah. internet didn't even work down there. We were in Sicily on a pistachio farm, and <laughs> couldn't get the internet to work. So I was like, screw it, you know, I resign that to the fact that I can't work on this right now. So those ideas had been in my mind, kind of like when uh, when you had done some research and over a course of three weeks before starting, 
your site. So there was that. Um, so it was kind of deciding just which one to pursue. You know, okay. I got no shortage of ideas. I got this list in my computer. It's just if I did every one of these, I would be at that, you know, big, hairy, audacious goal in no time. Mm-hmm. And um, But anyway, you know, so I, I never felt there was a shortage of ideas. There was a huge learning curve in some Shopify stuff, mm-hmm. um, especially because, you know, when we talk about some of these optimizations and doing some others, like tweaking your website, uh, for me, I don't want to do the longhand route and edit 100 products. I want to edit the code and let it do it itself. Okay. Uh, so those are kind of some of the things that I happily wasted time on. Mm-hmm. Um, Picking up the phone, I've never been in sales. I fly airplanes. I'm behind a closed locked door all day long. I deal with customers. Mm-hmm. You know, I deal with pissed off customers when the weather's bad and the flight's mm-hmm. delayed. But I'm not making cold calls and yeah. I'm not selling myself. Uh, so um, it wasn't uncomfortable. It was just something I had not experienced. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't afraid of it because I hadn't done it. I just didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. How... You know, am I going to be in fumbling, bumbling boob on the phone or am I going to be, you know, no problem? I sat there, I had the scripts, uh, I have some scripts from Anton, some scripts from the forum, and I kind of just like meshed it together into something I was comfortable with, yeah. something that I could pitch. And I sat there in pun space and I had the scripts right in front of me and I just, you know, I read them and that's what I did. And then I shut up, <laughs> you know, and you listen and okay and... I think the thing, in all honesty, if there's one thing I feared was, are they going to ask me a question that I just have no, you know, no idea what the answer is? <laughs> no, never. You know, it's like, it's, well, not so far anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I not, a, not like really huge obstacles other than just uh, learning to do new things. And it took, and it took, it takes me time, mm-hmm. uh, this first one, but... Do you think, I know they're so unrelated, but do you think there was any skills that you've picked up from flying planes or being a pilot uh, to the store now? Yeah, there's a couple. There's, call it some degree being fearless, you know. I'm up in the sky flying people around in the atmosphere. Like if you were up there at 40,000 feet, you couldn't breathe, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's that level of risk that I'm used to on a daily basis that at any moment the you know well the shit could hit the fan and (laughs) (laughs) that's just uh there's nothing to be afraid about like i'm sitting on the ground in front of a computer making a phone call (laughs) what's the worst could happen you know what i'm saying so uh there's that sort of that that comfort with fear that comfort with risk uh obviously that comfort talking to people and you know i gotta stand up in front of the airplane and tell 50 people that the flight's canceled or it's bad weather or something like that. So just sort of that comfort uh, with people, that, that's a nice thing. Um, and, and again, being a pilot, you have to make a lot of decisions. And you have to be able to make them quick mm-hmm. based on the information that you're currently presented with. It's In aviation, it's not if you made uh, the right decision or the wrong decision. You have to make a, a decision. decision. Yeah. And then what happens from there, that's what happens from there. And you fix it or if it's wrong or you leave it if it's right. But you have to just make a decision and just do it. Um, So those kinds of things have just, I guess, like I said, have just made me not be uncomfortable with with doing stuff online. I just feel normal doing, you know, calling these people and doing all this stuff. And and I wasn't always like this, (laughs) you know, like I was my 
when I did my first blog, I was kind of scared out of my wits. Like, am I going to, you know, I'm like always wondering if um, stupid things like I've never run a business before. Do I need an LLC? Am I going to get sued? You know, all those things that you just worry about. And uh, over the course of seven or eight years of doing stuff online and having a corporation, um, it, it's, I want to say it's unfounded. Nothing bad has ever happened. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't. I think we sort of psych ourselves out and we fear things that aren't reality. Um, and I can understand it because I used to be there. But after eight years, now I'm like, screw it. Let's do it. It's just go for it. The worst that could happen is somebody doesn't buy or a supplier says no or somebody wants a refund. whoopity do. You know, I didn't crash an airplane. I didn't die. There's not bodies hanging from me. <laughs> I'm really glad. I think another thing that we could take away from it is just like flying a plane, it's good to know how to do it yourself. Yeah. But eventually you want to just put the autopilot on Mm -hmm. and you want to just, you know, be there to make sure nothing bad happens, but, you know, keep your hands off and Mm -hmm. that should be the goal. Yeah. And I think that's coming down the road after I do have the first sale. So now I get to learn, uh, actually tonight in Thailand, I'll call the manufacturer Ask him about the stock supply, ask him a couple of questions the customer had, um, you know, capture the funds, send him the order and all that stuff. So uh, there's, a, there's a new, obviously, a new step involved here for me going forward. But again, you know, that's kind of like essentially the last piece is once you get that order, learn the process. And then um, while we're in New Zealand, actually, I'm going to be doing some hiking. So we're going to be... I calculated like about 30 to 35 days where I might have no internet connection. Wow. Okay. And I'm like, but that's kind of that's spread out over the course of a two-month period. Okay, so it's not right. like okay. from end to end, three, four days at a time, five days I'm you know back and plugged in and then etc. But I'm like, this just feels like it's bad timing, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you got to learn how to do it because it's the lifestyle I want. Yeah. So I've actually got my mom... Who does Google advertising for some uh, for some clients? Who is already going to be in front of the computer mm-hmm. for a couple hours a day? So I'm like, and um, my parents own a, a restaurant, so they they deal with customers. My dad's in sales. It's like this is a no brainer, yeah. you know. For a couple days a week, every other week, they can uh, they can have a look at it and, and watch over things. So um, what? But beyond that, the extra sales will lead me to be able to do the virtual assistant type of have somebody more dedicated to pick up the phone, reply to the email, um, <clears throat> and just log in every day and have that uh, 20,000 foot overview and see what's what's going on, step out of the the business to manage the business. All right, well, wish you the best of luck <laughs> with more sales. Thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll be following your progress on the on Anton's uh, forums. Yeah, appreciate uh, it. Yeah, and, and definitely, I think everyone on there is kind of cheering for you as well. Because yeah. I remember when I first read your, you know, from airline captain to dropshipper progress that journey, I was secretly kind of just rooting for you. <laughs> and that's why when you when you messaged me the other day and said that you're in Chiang Mai, you're leaving soon, and uh, you wanted me to take a look at your site, I was happy to. Yeah. yeah, and I appreciate that. And especially all the people in the forums that are, you know, of all the things that I've got from this course, uh, the forums is the most valuable aspect by uh, by and large just because people on there are of all you know varieties of backgrounds and experience especially in e-commerce and uh, without that forum and without 
Anton's email support and being able to get questions answered, um, it just would have been way more confusing and way more difficult. And so I appreciate you answering my questions, you know, every now and then at Pun Space and then visiting with me for yesterday for an hour. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm excited to get that second sale. If I would have been, I'm like looking at my phone going, oh, I wish it would happen while we're on the podcast. <laughs> but anyway. Well, uh, well, we'll check back in with you and see how that see goes. See what's going, yeah. All right, Len. Well, have fun in New Zealand. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, appreciate and, it. And uh, fly safely. Thanks. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.